Seeking mental health care can be overwhelming and even scary, but it doesn't have to be. I'm Dr. Josephine McNary, and I'm committed to making this process easier for you. Each week, my expert guest and I unravel a different form of therapeutic intervention in order to bring comfort and understanding and to help you get back to your true self. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mind Stories. Today, I'm pleased to have on as our guest, therapist Zach Resnick. Zach often focuses on work with individuals navigating their 20s and 30s, male psychology, and anybody looking to explore identity. He believes that the foundation of work with clients and therapy is based in offering them a relationship with which they can feel genuinely safe to trust that they can be seen and understood. He's worked in a variety of clinical settings and with diverse client populations, which has highlighted his strength and humanistic relational approach toward inviting clients into the healing work that awaits them. He often works from a psychodynamic and feminist lens to conceptualize and hold space for the whole person and their various intersectional identities. It is a passion of his to work with clients exploring their values and identity as they learn how to engage life in the most congruent way for them. This is often what comes up in his work with navigating individuals in their 20s and 30s, and at times even more specifically with his work with men as he explores intimacy, masculinity, and self-esteem. Through therapy and building the therapeutic relationship, it is his hope that clients will build insight and skills around how to engage themselves with more acceptance and compassion. Today, we talk more specifically about the work he does with individuals in their 20s. Welcome, Zach. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah. So we were, as we were planning this episode, we were trying to figure out what the best thing to talk about would be. And I think we both decided the good first thing to discuss would be the work that you do with individuals in their twenties and, mm-hmm. and young adults. Yeah, definitely. It's become a specialty or a range of population that I work with so often. So I love it. What about that age group? What draws you to working clinically with that age group? Several things. I mean, Firstly, on a more personal basis, I'm in my 20s, I'm 29. And I think one of the interesting aspects of like going through this phase of life, especially recognizing when I was in high school and college, it was such a different time compared to how so many of the young adults now are growing up with just a different relationship to their environment and social media, et cetera. But I felt that my access to the language around psychology and support or even having resources around me were just so limited. Even growing up in California and Los Angeles, I would have thought that maybe there would be a little more, but there really wasn't. And even as I went back to college campuses, I was wondering like, man, where can people get what they need to start feeling a little less ashamed about like having a challenging experience and maybe a little bit more pulled in to be seen. So it makes me want to reach out to make that a little more accessible for folks navigating their twenties. And with that being said, also, I just know that there's so much going on at this time of life, whether it be about your sense of independence, moving forward into your own life, separating from like a family system and differentiating in that way. It could be about becoming more attuned to your identity, whether that be about gender or race or sexuality or just more of a further sense of self. There's just so much to explore that I think it's a little underrepresented during this time. Right. And I'm sure the 20s encompass probably a wide range of maturity levels as Mm -hmm. well and life Mm -hmm. experiences for people that you work with. 
Absolutely. Yeah. You can't really peg what a 23 year old could really be presenting with, you know, like it could be all sorts of different things. I think what I recognized is the relationship is so important to have just somebody in your corner that makes you feel that you can kind of put your shoulders down, feel like you can trust them and know that you could explore anything that's going on in your life and not really worry about being judged. I think this is a time with social media and comparison, but also stepping into your adulthood among so many other people in this space. It's saying, how am I doing? Am I okay? Is everything going all right? And we're so worried about how we're doing in a way that maybe pulls us out of our own experience because we're so concerned about everything else going on around us and if we'll do well enough. But just feeling safe enough to meet with a person and like a therapist and just feel attended to is really kind of a big deal. What are some common reasons that 20-somethings might walk through your your therapy door? It's endless. I mean, I would say it can be as complex as a family system that's difficult to relate with. It could be about navigating depression and anxiety and beginning to see some of those experiences manifest in their life. There's navigating identity, which is a huge one. I think I get a lot of clients navigating sexuality or navigating gender, friendships, romantic relationships, finding a job, how to like manage their time and stress with school. It's endless. And maybe even one of the large parts, and I guess this is in the anxiety boat too, is am I going to be okay in the future? How will that turn out? I don't know if I'm doing everything right. Yeah. As you're talking, I'm thinking that there's a lot of overlap with teen, like late teens. What would you say might be general differences that you might see in, say, working with people in their early 20s versus teen years? Yeah, I would say such a significant factor here is like power. I think as a teen, you're pretty limited in so many ways. You're kind of stuck in your family system or stuck in your circumstance, whatever that might be. You have the limitations legally, you have limitations to certain access or autonomy in other ways. But then as you start to like get older, maybe we're looking at an 18 year old beginning college maybe, or even up to like your earlier twenties, you're maybe working, you're maybe like establishing yourself with your own networks and the power to make decisions for yourself is a pretty significant factor here. Sometimes teens are more limited to their environment. Yeah. That's something I kind of didn't think about, but that's true. Right. And also what to do with that, (laughs) how to navigate having that power, right. And uncertainty about making the right decision for yourself. Yeah. It can be paralyzing. It's so difficult to have way more options available to you out or even just expectation. We're noticing like such a difficulty with trusting themselves to know that whatever they're doing in this moment is going to lead them to the place they're hoping they can be at later. And yeah, it's just about building that sense of compassion as they navigate it. In what ways do you think living life in 2023 or 2024 in your 20s is different than say living in your 20s like 10 or 20 years ago? Yeah, that's a good question. I think Here's an interesting thing I've been receiving in sessions is I'm noticing a a large lack of hope that whether it's related to like news cycles, current events, or global warming, things along those lines, 
younger folks are much more attuned to the world around them now because of social media, I would say, and just access to this information that I'm noticing so many people like, what am I even doing this hard work for? I don't know if I'm going to be able to make enough money to survive and get a job or is the world going to get really hot? Like, (laughs) what am I going to do? Politically, is everything going to start to crumble off around me? So it's really difficult to notice that there's so many more access points to information of hardship that weighs on them. And I would say that's probably a big difference along with just like the pressures of what it's like to, and maybe this depends in different parts of the world, but social media and pressure around comparison with their peers is a extremely distorted thought, you know, and I think the ways that they maybe haven't learned how to relate to those anxious thoughts and distorted thoughts is something that maybe gets amplified now in this time of life. Yeah. Going back to the hope piece, mm-hmm. I was wondering as a clinician, how do you even approach that? How do you even think about that with somebody in session? Yeah. I mean, it's difficult, right? Cause I, it would be so harmful to say like, Hey, like just have hope, like deny their worry. I think their worry is valid. Like it makes a lot of sense. So I think meeting them where they're at is really important. I think a large part of this and a lot of how I work is psychodynamically, relationally, and that includes a lot of inner child processing. And I think I try to get curious as I meet them where they're at to establish a sense of connection to how they respond to hardship, how they respond to worry. And as we get more curious in those previous relationships or previous spaces in life, we might notice some patterns in which they might be amplifying their worry. They may not trust or feel secure in certain spots of how they hold it. And so in that place, I try to just create this sense of like warmth and firmness in the way that they can reassure themselves that I can validate the feeling. That's totally fine. The feeling's fair. And yet I need to meet myself where I'm at and guide myself along. It's almost like the adult pulling the child through to say, I see you. Of course, like I I use this example of a young kid not wanting to go to school and they throw a tantrum. The parent has to say like, oh, I I know going to school sounds terrible. It's the last thing you'd like to do. You're frustrated or you're concerned or whatever it might be. And yet I know a little better. I need you to trust me that as I see this, we're going to still move along. You're going to trust me as I make the right decisions for you. So it's building that sense of confidence and steadiness within themselves to navigate whatever comes their way. Hmm. It's beautiful. (laughs) Thanks. I appreciate it. It's funny because sometimes I'm talking to myself (laughs) through them. So it's really, it's a (laughs) win-win. How much of your own experience in life do you bring into your sessions? I'm very picky about that. I try to be mindful of not bringing too much of that into play. I want to still make it about them. But the reality is any clinician would experience this, that like they would find some of their selves mirrored than their clients. So I bring a much more relational approach in the sense of like, I treat them very conversationally. And in some points, if I find it appropriate, I'll share something about myself and a process that I've been through, but it's very minimally. Yeah, I guess it just depends on the situation. Okay. So you had mentioned that you have more of a psychodynamic approach to Mm -hmm. care. You mentioned working with 
the discussion of an inner child, maybe for the listener who's maybe new to therapy, maybe can you describe a little bit about what that is and how that might differ from other types of therapy? Absolutely. So psychodynamic in a nutshell is a framework where we get curious about the client's past experiences. And that has even more branches to it that we could go down. But I think in a more simplistic view, it's wondering what their relationships were like, early childhood experiences, what their environment, their network around them was like in terms of support. And if they started to adapt in certain ways during those experiences, we try to wonder, okay, if that was your concept around that time of how you moved through life, we might want to see how that shows up today. You know, are there any adaptive qualities that you have from those times, any maladaptive methods of coping and navigating things. And we'll often find that there's plenty to dig up around that. And it still takes this relational safety to build with your therapist to then be able to meet that earlier part of yourself to even Mm -hmm. access it sometimes is so difficult. So I think that's where finding the right therapist where you feel relationally safe and at least like somewhat encouraged from those early consultations to be like, oh yeah, that guy's got a decent vibe. Like, let's, let's see if we can go down that road. Yeah. Well, you talked about, I mean, the idea of choosing a therapist or interviewing a therapist, what does that might that look like for somebody? And how do they even think about, oh, this person might be a good match for me. What are some tips for someone who's kind of maybe in their twenties and thinking about therapy for the first time? Yeah. Therapy is a fairly different experience with any therapist you would get. So whether you have a consultation, which would look like maybe going online to like an online platform that gives you lists of therapists to choose from in your area, where you get to pick specific modalities that they work by or interests that they have. I kind of prefer like a sense of word of mouth where somebody's kind of vetted or has an idea of what might best fit you. So that again is difficult if you don't know anybody, but once you have a consultation with somebody where you email or call and get a sense of who they might be, I would encourage that prospective client to be as willing to share as possible, even though I know it can be hard to have that first call and open up to a stranger, really. The more open you can be in that moment, the more likely you'll find what you need. So even if you're noticing that, hey, you know, I've shared all this with this possible therapist, I don't know if this is still exactly what I was looking for, I would shop around and maybe an asset therapist, hey, do you know of people that you could recommend for someone like me. I just want to make sure I'm finding the right fit. I would be surprised if they weren't open to giving you more names because we just want you to be in the right place. And I guess the question someone might have is how do you even know your therapist is the right fit when you're in the beginning stages of looking for somebody? Yeah. And that's the skill I hope to build with clients long-term is like that sense of mindfulness to be able to not just run through moments of your life really quickly, but be able to like build awareness within yourself of how am I feeling? What's this like? What's my experience here? And hopefully over time, as you start with a therapist, you know, you could do a few sessions just to like feel it out and then go from there. But I would just encourage you to just be curious with yourself of how this feels. And even more boldly, which can be difficult is maybe to like bring in that relationship that you are just as much a part of this as that therapist. So if you're needing something from them, bring it up. I think the more we can create an open field of safety in that space, the better. Yeah. 
Well, I really appreciate you being on and talking about the work that you do. I will make sure that your information is on the website. So if the listener wants to learn more about you, they can for sure find you and read all about you. Before we say goodbye, any last words to leave the listener with? Oh, thank you. Um, It's been so nice doing this podcast with you too. I've had a good time. I would just say that it can be really difficult moving into these I mean, speaking more specifically to navigating your 20s, it can be such a difficult time of life where we don't necessarily feel that what we need is available to us, or perhaps that we don't even know exactly what it is we might be experiencing, but we're hoping for some sense of understanding. And I would just, I would just encourage curiosity and compassion in those moments. It's just hard. It is hard. And yet you can do a lot of hard things if you let yourself meet yourself where you're at and just engage that sense of like gentle curiosity. We can provide whatever it might be that you need, but remember, we don't have to find the answer right away. We'll figure it out. Yeah. As you were talking, I was thinking, looking back to my twenties, it's this idea of like, it's kind of gateway into adulthood in a way you're in your twenties, you feel like an adult, but there's a lot of life experiences that are still ahead of you. Right. And also kind of this thinking, you still have so much more life to live after. You don't have to figure it all out either. Right? Exactly. That's some of the big pressure around it is having to just have it all right right now. Mm-hmm. But the thing I try to emphasize with clients is that this is one specific period in which they are navigating such a new terrain that they're just so unfamiliar with. And being unfamiliar with something is uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but like we can tolerate discomfort as we like build these skills. And now I bet you at some point, there'll be a data point in the back of your head. That's like, Oh, remember when I did that? And then you'll move through all the rest of those next bumps in the road, remembering that you've got a list of moments you've navigated hard things. Yeah. So it's a cool thing to build on, but we don't have to be perfect right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just about collecting experiences. Yeah, exactly. I like it that way. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for being on. I appreciate it. And I also had a lot of fun talking with you today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's so nice talking with you. Yeah. Take care. Bye. Bye. This has been Mind Stories with me, Josephine McNary of Cal Psychiatry. With online psychiatry in California and 13 offices throughout Southern California and the Bay Area, Cal Psychiatry specializes in medication management, ADHD, anxiety disorders, alternative therapies, women's mental health, and more. Visit us at calpsychiatry.com and let us help you get back to your true self. Thanks for listening to Mind Stories and don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe.